As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but you guys know the drill. We got to let the screen breathe just for a few seconds. Make sure we're getting these green check marks across all five streaming platforms, and we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, it's uh, when we signed off with our listeners on Monday, we knew that there was going to be a decision coming on the quarterback for week four, and that finally did come on Tuesday, even though it's my belief that they made that decision quite quickly, but they didn't want to give the Jets any you know, any uh, extra time to prepare for Brett Rippon, but it's Brett Rippon, right? And I know the building, the Broncos guys did a good job talking about it last night, but what's your reaction to Brett Rippon getting the start this week and just kind of an overall check the temperature? What do you expect to see after what we saw on that final possession against the Bucks? Well, Chad, you know, round and round, the merry-go goes and uh, the carousel, the quarterback carousel in Denver. I'm not surprised when you admit you pulled a quarterback in the fourth quarter because you wanted to see if his backup would get rid of the ball faster. When you insult a quarterback to that extent, you're not going to go back to that guy. So maybe if Rippon gets injured, you'd bring Driscoll back in the game, but there's no way they were going back. to He was, well, it wasn't bringing as much to the table as I think the Broncos hoped. With Rippon, he's smarter, he's headier, uh, he has better accuracy, but the arm strength is debatable. And it's going to be the same old, same old. Thankfully, he'll have better protection, hopefully. He'll be facing a, a worse defense. I look for still a ground-and-pound attack. I, I'm not looking for anything more than I saw from, from Jeff Driscoll. These are both holdover band-aids, bridge quarterbacks until Lockett's back in the game. And that could happen now that we've heard sooner and not later so i'm looking for the same approach heavy on melvin gordon if Lindsay plays heavy on him heavy heavy royce freeman bellamy if he plays uh and use your receivers for your advantage you can't really run long routes with ripon he doesn't have the arm strength so a lot of underneath stuff i think it's a big game for noah fant coming up i think he's the offensive mainstay anyway and i think he'll jibe with uh ripon's arm strength or lack thereof yeah i mean that's the <clears throat> that's the one downside to Brett Rippon is he doesn't have a whip like Drew Locke. And I would even argue, you know, someone said, well, he's about like Trevor Simeon arm strength wise. And I'm like, mm, I don't, I mean, Simeon of course didn't have a strong arm. He had 
I would say a slightly below average NFL arm. And I would say that Brett Ripon's arm is just slightly below that because you, know, you can argue arm strength, how fast you can throw an arm strength are actually two different things. And this is something Eric Trickle talks about quite often. And the biggest case in point is if you think back to that drive that consumed whatever, what, seven minutes on, uh, on Sunday against the Bucks, that one play where he went through his progressions and knew he had Jerry Judy over on the right sideline and he threw it to the side and the ball just went one, 1,000, two, 1,000. I'm like, Oh man, please just come down. Finally hits. That's a good example of his arm strength limitations. But the good news though, is with ripping and even throwing deep, you can throw deep, but you have to throw with anticipation. You have to know that the matchup is the one that you like. You got to know that the safety isn't going to be there and you got to just throw early. And if you can do that, Maybe Zach, they can they can have a few strikes downfield, even though you don't have your big 50-50 ball guy, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, it's a good point. Throwing your receivers open and throwing into a window down the field. I, I think they can teach that and they kind of can coax that out of Brett Rippon, but you have to wonder based on what we've seen through three games, is Pat Shermer the guy to uh, draw up a creative game plan that exploits the Jets' defense with Brett Rippon in the game without leading on the running game or having Melvin Gordon go off? I see a comment that says, you know, go, you know, balls to the wall. It doesn't matter because they have nothing to lose. Well, the Broncos want to win this game. Fangio wants to win this game. You can't lose to this Jets team at on prime time in front of the entire country. You can't do it. So I, I think behind the scenes, Fangio is kind of gearing these guys up a little more than he was the first three weeks he faced he feels the seat kind of cranking up underneath him you have to beat this Jets team and that's the reason why they didn't go back to Driscoll if they didn't care about winning they, they play the worst quarterback they want to have a chance to win so they're playing the guy they think can help them win excellent observation my friend we got a lot to get to we want to talk about the trio of transactions that took place today at Broncos HQ we see we got some super chats stacking up and we're going to get to those here in just one second But first, gang, we got to go through just a few quick, quick matters of business. And that starts with bringing your attention to the sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, sportsbetting.com. Broncos country gambling right now is legal in the state of Colorado. And here's what makes sportsbetting.com a no-brainer for you. Sharp odds, low juice. You get hassle-free bonuses, and you can roll it over once. And you get 24-7 live customer support, and it's always a real person, and it's always a person in the U.S. And the kicker, and this is something you guys want to pay attention to here, at sportsbetting.com, you get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to $500. Not just one bet, but all of your bets. Play for a week. If your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover 100% of the difference up to $500 with a one-time rollover. So you get a chance to kind of, you know, try your hand if you're a little bit new to it and, you know, know you got a little bit of a safety net there. It's it's basically free money when it comes to sports betting. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. Capitalize on a risk-free week of sports betting up to one, uh, or excuse me, $500. All right, Zach, a couple quick matters of business as well, and then we'll dive right back into the content. Gang, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, follow at MileHighHuddle on Twitter as well. If you get those two accounts followed, you're not going to miss anything as it relates to the podcast, whether it's programming, scheduling, uh, giveaways, announcements, all that, and you're not going to miss any breaking Broncos news and analysis. And then gentle reminder, gang, check out – the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Head on over there, get your swag on, 
Get yourself an MHH trucker hat. Get yourself a football priest hat. There's T-shirts, there's hoodies, there's face masks, there's mugs, and we're adding new products to it very, very regularly. So <clears throat> it's another way that you can support what we are doing here at Mile High Huddle, and so many of you have, and we are grateful and we appreciate you. And this merch store, in fact, only exists because of your popular demand. You guys wanted it. Zach slapped it together. He, he put a lot of time into it, actually. When I say slap, it makes it sound like he's just flying by the seat of his pants. He put it together, got it up there, and then we've been steadily putting products onto it. It's not our forte. Obviously, our forte is content. Our forte is breaking down the Denver Broncos and and bringing that to you. But huddleuppod.com is just another way you can support what we're doing here. Rep the team, rep the brand as well. And if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store, it's all good. Whether you're with us live right now in the stream or listening after the fact as an on-demand podcast, each one of you can do all three of these things. Subscribe, number one, especially on YouTube. Like this episode, like this video, Facebook, YouTube, crucial. And if you think Zach and I are doing a good job, if if you think this is content worthy of your time and worthy of other Broncos fans' time, share it out there. That's the most powerful thing that you could do for Zach and I and Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up podcast is share this video, share this podcast out there, and help us continue to grow and reach like-minded Broncos fans just like you. And then shout out real quick, ticker on the bottom there. It's going to show our Facebook supporters. Zach, our Facebook community is just continued to grow exponentially and in the in the year 2020. I mean, we started 2020 at like, I want to say 78,000 followers, <clears throat> something like that on, on Facebook. We're now at about not pushing 90,000. And so all of our, our new members and new um, followers and subscribers over there on Facebook, we appreciate each one of you. If you'd like to become an official supporter of MHH, just go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see the big blue button, become a supporter. It's another way you can you can get behind what we're doing here. And a shout out, you can see the names here, Gerald, Chris, Roger, Jeff. So many of them are also Super Chat superstars, and we just love you guys and appreciate you. And uh, it means a lot to us. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Broncos country, listen up. Coors Seltzer isn't your average seltzer. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand that was inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Coors Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. So whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Seltzer, you're volunteering. Listen, gang, our waterways are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up. Through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Here's how it works. Each pack of Coors Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the results? They'll blow your mind. 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., and that's just year one. And gang, there are four refreshing flavors, one cool cause, so enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon, lime, 
and grapefruit. And the specs are in. Core Seltzer is 4.5% ABV, and it's only 90 calories. And Zach, let me tell you, I've got my eye on that black cherry. Yeah, there's nothing better, Chad. The, the weather's turning. It's getting cooler. It's football season. Nothing better than kicking back with a Coors. I like the mango personally, but they're all pretty good. Nothing better, Chad. Join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply drinking Coors Seltzer. You can become a volunteer and restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Seltzer. You help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It's that simple. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, Zach, let's dive into, real quick, let's test the temperature, see what's on everybody's mind here, and then we'll get to the topics today. Christian, jumping in. I'm one of our superstars, longtime listener of the show. Thank uh, you, Professional lifeguard as well. Christian, hope you're doing well. Appreciate the support as always, my friend. He says, this might be off topic, but do you think that not having a permanent owner right now is keeping the Broncos from getting back to their winning ways? Zach, you're shaking your head. What are your thoughts for Christian? It's not the ownership. It's injuries, a lack of coaching, a lack of execution. I mean, they could have been 2-1 and one easy right now. It's not 3-0 and oh based on the way they played. They were just short against the Titans. They came up short against the Steelers. And you can argue they kind of gave up against the Buccaneers. But uh, they have the talent before these injuries. And it's, we, it's the reason we were all predicting a playoff season, 9-10, 11-win season, uh, based not around ownership based around the product on the field. Elway, to his credit, did a pretty good job putting a winning product together. If the injury bug or the pandemic never happened, we wouldn't be talking about ownership right now. I think it's a problem when it comes to accountability. So right now, I tend to concur with Zach that there's no way to see the rash, the epidemic of injuries that have you know the Broncos have sustained coming. There's no way to – I mean, you can always expect there are going to be some injuries because it's football, but I mean – they have just been cursed by the injury bug up to this point. Does that give everybody a free pass, especially coming off three consecutive losing seasons and four consecutive seasons of missing the playoffs? Not at all. It's not a free pass, but it is something that has to be taken into consideration if you had an active and relevant owner. Let's say Mr. B uh, is still with us, and obviously we understand his, his commitment and his standard and all that. I do wonder how – if what kind of changes on the, you know, the football executive side at the GM, I don't necessarily think Elway would have been run out by this point, but from accountability st- standpoint, Zach, I do wonder what having, you know, missing that ownership, that active engaged owner, how that affects really just guys feeling like their feet can be held to the fire at any given moment. And, you know, Joe Ellis, the CEO, and obviously one of the three members of that Pat and trust he is basically a, in all but name only the owner. He's like operating as the owner basically in terms of the okay. duties, but he's never been a football guy. You know, he's a business side guy, and so I think he feels sometimes that like a, like a fish out of water, or you know, it's not necessarily his brief. It's not necessarily his forte. If John always says no, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Here's why I think it's the best decision. Joe Ellis, you know, he's probably gonna go. Yeah, I mean, you know better than I do. John, but at a certain point, Zach, when the PR um, ship kind of turns and it's if they don't turn this thing around soon, it's really going to turn and there might be no coming back from it at a certain point. You know, if this ends up being a team that really is in the running for the number one overall pick when it's all said and done, 
I don't know how on the heels of three consecutive losing seasons, that would be four this year. Joe Ellis could stand up there with a straight face and just say, yeah, business as usual, 2021, let's rock and roll, gang. So it's an interesting question, but it's not one I think we're going to have an answer to or a resolution to, really, for a while yet. That's a good point. And, and Ellis isn't the guy to get up there and fire John Elway. I just don't see that happening. I think Elway will have the job as long as he wants it. And when his contract uh, situation comes up, he might choose to walk away. But when you don't have an owner, two things come to mind. There's no one to check the balances. Elway is left to manage the team and the entire franchise left to his own devices. J- J- Joe Ellis isn't you know, stepping on Elway's toes. He's not overriding him for the reasons that you just laid out. So Elway is free to govern as he pleases. And for the first half of his tenure, that wasn't a good decision. That wasn't a good outcome, even though Mr. B was still in the picture. But the last half, he's, he's growing as a general manager. The other thing, we don't have an owner. We don't have a solid structure at the top. What does it say for free agents who want to come to the organization, outside players? What's the outside perception of the Broncos? They don't even have an owner right now. Are they going to sell the franchise? They're going to have money to pay me, hard cash to pay me. Why should I come there? Why should I hitch my wagon to their star? So I don't think it affects the product on the field. I think behind the scenes or the intangible assets of running an NFL franchise, I think it has some negative values there. But Mr. B or no Mr. B, owner or no owner, Chad, this team right now should be two and one, at least. Indeed. And in fact, today, before I forget about this, we're doing a giveaway. And shout out to Chris Hernandez, one of our superstars, 24-year veteran of the Air Force, by the way. Everyone knows this. Chris, appreciate you, my friend. And uh, respect you. you. Hope you're doing well. Kathy, absolutely. Shout out to you as well, my friend. Um, but we're giving away a couple of shirts here tonight, gang. And one of them is going to be randomly selected from the chat stream. And then the other one we're holding in, we're holding on to it until Sunday's show. Here's how that second shirt is going to be given away. Got our uh, YouTube community is fire. Our Facebook community is fire. I mean, the comments, the conversation that takes place live in these chats. And then in the comment section under on these videos after the fact and under articles when we share them on Facebook, I mean, it's active and fire and it's active as well at milehighhuddle.com but what we want to do is start converting more of that conversation over to the actual website at milehighhuddle.com so what we're going to be doing is we want you to if you haven't yet i know a lot of you have in fact probably most of you have but if you haven't yet go to milehighhuddle.com and register as a free user there's no cost at all to register as a user at milehighhuddle.com so that you can comment head on over there register and when you read an article i know vast majority of you are reading every article that comes out and you know it's usually somewhere between four to six seven eight articles a day comment and what we're going to do is we're going to start each and every week moving forward we're going to pick a winner from that the best comment of the week and we're going to send them out a little thank you a little swag and uh, incentivize everybody to we want you to keep the conversation going and social media is great for that but what's even better for that is on the site so if you haven't done so yet head on over to milehighhuddle.com after this podcast Register as a free user, read the articles, comment. We want to hear your thoughts and sound off on each and every topic that we are breaking down at milehighhuddle.com. And Zach, I know that uh, the two shirts that we're giving away are the hashtag football priest t-shirt and XL, right? They're XL sizes. So if you end up being one of the winners and XL is not your size, if it's too big or if it's too small, you let us know and we'll come up with a, a different option to send out to you. So Keep that in mind. And again, tonight we are going to give one away to randomly selected um, commenter. Vi jumping in on Super Chat. And Zach, this is a name 
Yep. By yeah. Agra <laughs> that we don't recognize here on Super Chat. I feel like we're on The Simpsons and Mo, we're getting pranked like Mo. I'm looking so, at the uh, profile pic here for Vi, and it's uh, it's funny. All right. But welcome. Thanks for the support. Yes. And if you haven't connected with us, reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Zach and I, so we can shout you out after the show. Vi says, what has Pat Shermer ever done that I can't I can't read this in text. What has Pat Shermer ever done that makes anyone excited? He had one year in Philly, and that was really Chip Kelly, and one in Minnesota. So I wouldn't say it's just one year. He had a lot of success as a an assistant of Andy Reid at Philadelphia. And then, you know, his time under Chip Kelly later on in a different stint, you know, it was it was pretty good. That year that uh, Nick Foles broke out, I want to say it was 2013 as well. Minnesota, though, is his, his crowning achievement, if we're being honest, Zach. That year in 2017 when he helped Case Keenum basically perform at a Pro Bowl caliber level and, you know, helped the Vikings get all the way to the NFC title game. And he won AP Assistant Coach of the Year that year, and that helped him get another job. I think there's a – I mean, if you talk to NFL coaches, and, and I mean, he's got a great reputation, just Pat Schirmer, in this league. But unfortunately, when you move around as much as he has, oftentimes, you know, the teams that are looking to hire new guys, these aren't successful teams and you're starting over. You got to be given the time to kind of build your system, to build your offensive culture. In New York, you can argue he had that time and it just didn't work out, but he's just getting started. And Zach, there was no OTAs here. There was no preseason. He's going through those that learning curve, really, as much as the players are at this point with all of that having been dispensed within the offseason. Yeah, I can't be an apologist for Pat Shermer. I understand no OTAs. I understand new personnel, new team. I understand all of that. But again, fourth and one on your goal line, you call a tight end shovel pass. Third and two, fourth and two, you call two shotgun passing plays. Whether you're in the league as a coordinator for one day or for 40 years, you have to know how to be situationally better to give your team a better chance to win. So I wasn't crazy about Pat Shermer's hiring. I wasn't crazy about Scangarello's firing. I thought it was very knee-jerk and impulsive. And you can argue that the Broncos offense, despite the injuries, they're doing the same as they were under Scangarello, if not worse, under Shermer. So I I was hopeful. I thought he'd be a quarterback guru. I understand he hasn't gotten that chance yet because Locke's injury. Hopefully, maybe with Rippon, he'll have some magic. But there's a reason why, and I'll say this again. When you're fired by the Giants, when you're fired by the Cleveland Browns, even in the head coaching capacity, that says something about you. If you were an asset, if you were a Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, those teams would snatch you back up. So there's a reason why he was available, like any other free agent on the open market. When you're available, it means you're not good enough to get paid or get a new contract or whatever the case may be. So a lot of apprehension about Shermer coming into the season is kind of through three weeks bubbling to the surface. And I can't say I'm surprised. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice, because the NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action, use promo code OVERTIME, and double your first deposit. New players get up to 1000 bucks in free play, which is designed to add more excitement to the sports you already love and the games that you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie, and here's the best part. Overtime is going all in for our listeners. We're giving away 500 bucks cash to one lucky person who takes advantage of this offer. When you make your deposit, just take a screen grab of your MyBookie account and email it to overtime at advertisecast.com. That's overtime at advertisecast.com. 500 bucks given away at the end of September. I still have not lost any faith in Pat Shermer. I think, again, it's just everything is so new and the outlier of all these injuries to, I mean, think about it, just on the offensive side, the number one quarterback goes down. The number one wide receiver goes down. Now your second string right tackle who, you know, we're going to talk more about that tonight going on on injured reserve, Elijah Wilkinson. And, you know, he was was deserving to be benched, but it still illustrates the fact that Philip Lindsay as well, you know, that he hasn't been able to have even anything close to his full strength that he, that this team was expecting to provide Pat Shermer in his first year as offensive coordinator. Real quick, Zach, before we get to any more of our great comments and superstars here, I just want to run through this transaction wire here today. The Denver Broncos, of course, suddenly find themselves, Zach, extremely thin on the defensive line because last week, of course, they had to put Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker on injured reserve, and it's short-term IR. Both those guys will be back later this season, about, about the halfway point they'll be back. But then after week three, of course, Darrell Casey suffers a bicep tear. He's done for the season. And so on Sunday, they had called up Deshaun Williams from the practice squad, and he had a solid debut, not perfect, but solid. They were still missing some a lot of bodies. And so they went out and signed Timmy Jernigan. Now, Zach, we had talked about the possibility maybe of them going out and getting a Snacks, Harrison, or yes. we knew they had to bring in someone that had some veteran wherewithal, someone that you know could step in, be plugged in on the D-line and make an impact. And they're going for Timmy Jernigan. For those of you who aren't familiar with his uh, resume in the NFL, he was drafted by Baltimore in the second round. He's from uh, Florida State back in 2014, spent his first three years with the Ravens. Then he got traded to Philly. Philly extended and paid him four-year deal, 48 million bucks. He made some money. He won a Super Bowl there with Philly in 2017. And then, you know, they they cut him, I think, after the third year 
that he was with the Eagles. And then he played, you know, a few games this year with Jacksonville. And then they cut him, found himself. Basically, he played last Thursday night with the Jags on uh, national television. So he's he's basically playing two Thursday night games back-to-back if he does end up playing. And I think he will play, Zach, because he's already passed all the testing protocols for yeah. the word that goes unmentioned. So we'll get to the other two things, the promotions from practice squad here today. But what was your reaction to Timmy Jernigan? What do you expect to see from him contribution-wise? You know what? I, I did want Snacks Harrison, but Jernigan, uh, he's a great pickup. And everywhere he's been, he's played re- really well. And I, I kind of liken him to a Jarrell Casey light. And even though Casey was disappointing, he was still a five-time pro bowler. Jernigan's good against the run, good as a pass rusher. I, I like this pickup for an 0-3 franchise uh, with just coming off the scrap heap, finding a, a starting defensive tackle. I still want the young guys. I want Deshaun Williams to get another look. I want Ajim to start playing a little more. But like we mentioned, you need guys to fill out the roster. So you could have done a lot worse than Tim, Timmy Jernigan. I just think it's funny when you know it's a down year for Denver when you sign a former second-round pick, a former world champion, a guy with 51 career starts, and nobody bats an eyelash. But that's how the season's going. And for yeah. a week four pickup for an 0-3 team, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I think it's really solid veteran depth, and it provides a viable, plausible starting option. Maybe not right away. Might need a, you know. And the good thing about the timing of this is we don't know how – much he's really going to be able to contribute on Thursday night. But then the Broncos, the the benefit of playing a short week Thursday night game is you end up getting a mini buy on the other side of that. You know, you go 10, 10 days basically of real time in between games. So I think by the time the Broncos head to Foxborough for week five, he's going to be able to start. I'd be surprised if he's not starting opposite of Shelby Harris at defensive end. Now let's grab this super chat. Everybody knows Mr. Boggins. Appreciate you, my friend. Always Thank good you. to see you and have you in the chat. He says, Rippin equals Simeon 2.0. He'll do fine against the Jets. I'm also predicting a big jump in O-line production for obvious reasons. And, Zach, those obvious reasons, you know, they might not be so obvious to everybody, but if you wa- go back and watch, and in fact, I considered doing a, a segment here tonight where we watch live. We wouldn't necessarily be able to show it on screen, but – you and I watched that final drive in which Brett Rippon quarterbacked the Broncos offense and just kind of react and and observe and analyze what we see from him in that. Because I went through it. I've gone through it a couple of times now since the Bucks game. And, you know, he was impressive. More often than not, when he hit that back foot on his drop, the ball was out. And he was he did a great job on multiple occasions, Zach, of recognizing the pressure pre-snap, you know, swinging the protection one way or another, making his his protection calls. And it really helped take some of that onus off the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, guys, raise your hand if you were a Simeon fan in 2016. You could do a lot worse than having him as your patchwork guy. Simeon went, you know, 3,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 picks. He went, what, 8-6 and six as a starter that year, Chad? Mm-hmm. So you could do a lot worse if Rippon is your Trevor Simeon. If he can be a, even a long-term backup for this organization, that's a win, considering where they got him, uh, you know, in, in the draft process. it's a good landing spot for making his first career start against such a bad defense. If there's one dumpster fire worse than Denver, it is New York right now. So it should give the team confidence. And also most importantly, give Rippon some confidence. They go out and get a win. They, they, they spell this or they, they end this, uh, the spell, this dry spell and they go into the next week and you never know what could happen from there. So I think he will do okay with a solid running game. John and I want beast. We're talking about this on the telephone earlier today, but Zach, there was a comment on YouTube, and I don't even remember who it was from. On, uh, I think it might have been our last podcast, our live stream from Monday night. 
that was criticizing us for being optimistic and instilling any modicum of hope in this fan base that there is still a snowball's chance in H-E double hockey sticks that the Broncos can turn it around because, you know, they just don't see any, any light at the end of that tunnel. And the truth is though, look, it's, are the odds good at 0 and 3 that you can turn it around, especially in light of all these injuries and where those injuries have occurred. No, I mean, any, any self, uh, respecting, football fan paying attention to what's happening realizes the Broncos odds are slim at this point of turning around. But Zach, to your point, if they get the win on Thursday night, it's a confidence builder. It gives them a little bit of a lift. It gives them a little bit, uh, a little bit of a spark and gives them back that, that confidence that, Hey man, we're not, you know, we can win in this league, even with considering all the losses we've suffered. And maybe that doesn't save them in week five. Cause it's, I mean, the Cam Newton-led Patriots so far have been a very tough team, and they've looked pretty dang good. It hasn't been perfect, but, man, they're finding ways to win, especially on the ground, protecting Cam. Coaching. It's not going to be easy winning that game, but, Zach, after that, there's a good chance you get Drew Locke back, and then you just don't know what could change from in a positive sense. So that's why I think at this stage, gang, you know, it's you don't expect it, but you keep it open as a possibility in the back of your mind. Let's grab Jeff C. jumping in here. Appreciate you, my Thank friend. Thank you, Jeff. Bonafide superstar. He says, I'd like both your individual opinions, truthfully. Do you really believe Fangio can take this team and win Mm. a Super Bowl? Zach, you start off on this one. Well, we've never seen Fangio with his entire Broncos, you know, roster and lineups. We haven't seen a healthy Vic Fangio-led Broncos squad in his two years on the job. So it's almost like we don't know. It, it, It can go either way. I thought maybe when they hired him, considering his credentials and his bona fides, I wanted Vic Fangio. I stumped for his hiring. I thought maybe he's the guy to be like the the John Madden for the Broncos, just the coach for the next 10 to 15 years, that landmark you know coach who just represents your franchise. He hasn't been that. And based on what I've seen through two years, he's looking like the same coach we saw last year. He's making the same rookie mistakes as last year. He hasn't grown in certain areas. There's a lack of accountability, a lack of responsibility, and I think a lack of intelligence, I would say, on the offensive side, or maybe just overly stubborn. Maybe not a lack of intelligence. But right now, if you held a gun to my head, I would have to say no, based on what we've seen. That could change if he grows into the position, but this is his second year now. If he's making the same rookie mistakes and fundamental football 101 blunders that are literally costing your team games and wins, how could I have confidence in that guy to scale football's mountaintop? This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You know, for me, it's just honestly, honestly, Jeff, I don't know yet. There, I haven't seen anything definitive that makes me say absolutely not. This is not the guy. And this year has provided so many outlier type of factors and influencers that I just don't know. I, I, if I had to wager on it right now, just based on what we've seen, because I do, you guys have heard me say this quite often. It's something I kind of live by. The best predictor of future behavior, another way to look at that is the best predictor of future production is past production. And in that case, you know, there's not a lot to be too excited about with Fangio. Although I will say, look, when he had his guys healthy at, toward the end of last year, I know he didn't have Bradley Chubb. He didn't have Derek Wolf. There was a few guys missing, but he had the quarterback. And that's the key in this. When he had Drew Locke some, and, and, a, and a viable QB that he could count on week to week, the wins came. And, you know, there was only one of those games where it was a blowout. And it was, uh, I mean, in victory, obviously, the Chiefs game was a blowout on the opposite end. But. The Broncos only blew out one team and those the remaining games, you know, they were tight wins that, you know, they had to f- make some tough decisions in key moments and come out on top and, and they found a way to do that. So it's not like it's been a complete crap show from Fangio up to this point. He just really hasn't had the best opportunity yet to fully maximize his own potential as a head coach. And maybe in the NFL, you never get that chance because the injury bug, you know, can strike at any time and it's it strikes all teams. And, so you're never going to get every domino to perfectly fall in your favor. You got to adjust and you got to, you know, be able to roll with those punches. It remains to be seen. And at this stage, I think we just have to see how this season plays out. And I think by the end of this year, we're going to know a lot more and a lot more. In fact, when you get Drew Locke back, because even without some of these stars, you get the quarterback back under center. And it's, if it doesn't make a difference, then you really have to start looking at other underlying potential causes and, the whole quarterback question. And, you know, that's a consideration for down the road. I just want to say, we'll know one way or the other though, good or bad after this year on Fangio, whether he's the guy going forward. Yep. Agreed. Kenneth Booker jumping in superstar, longtime listener, longtime commenter. And, you know, he he became a, he's become a very consistent supporter of MHH on super chat and shout out and respect to you, Kenneth, much love to you, my dog. And he says here, I put a play of Brett Ripon changing protection on MHH. And I just went to look to see where that is. And I'm looking, I don't see it anywhere. So maybe, John, keep an eye out for his reply to the following question. But, Kenneth, if you can point me specifically to where you put that, you know, we'll we'll definitely look at it. But appreciate that and appreciate you putting putting some content up, my friend, at MHH. Drew Hollenbach jumping in. Thank you. Very generous. And one of our favorite uh, profile picks amongst all the superstars on uh, YouTube. Appreciate you, Drew. He says, I thought Skangs deserved another year as OC. I stand by that. Shermer has been inconsistent at best. I love the Jernigan signing. Excited to see what Rippon can do. He's a West Coast type of guy. Don't expect to be blown away. You know, Zach? Fair assessment. (laughs) Thanks again, Drew. Um, You know, what's interesting is, Similar, you know, Daniel Jones is a bigger quarterback, bigger bodied guy. 
But from an arm strength perspective, I would definitely give the edge to Daniel Jones, but he kind of has a limp noodle too in terms of an arm. And yet in his 12 starts last year, he put up 24 touchdowns. And so that's in Pat Shermer's scheme. That's in, you know, under the wing of Shermer and Mike Shula. And so I'm really curious to see what he can do with a full game, you know, a full week, not a full week, but a a full opportunity to prepare for an opponent, knowing you're going to be the starter. I mean, just watching that, that series again at the end of the Bucks game, he knows exactly what's coming next. He's getting everybody lined up. He's reading the defense. He's getting rid of the ball. He completed his first eight passes, eight for eight. And that last one that ended up in a pick, it was in a what the heck type of situation. You might as well go for broke because it was a, a three score game B it was fourth down and you got to try to pick up the yards. You got to try to put some points on the board. And as he talked about after the game, Zach, he tried to manipulate the safety with his eyes. The safety didn't bite, and he's like, what the heck? You know, nothing to lose. Tried to fit it in there and thread the needle, and it got picked off. But just seeing him operate, it was very impressive. Maybe that's just because we've, you know, the, the bar has been set <laughs> yeah. so low by Driscoll. I'm, I'm open to that as a distinct possibility. Yeah, it could be. Uh, the thing about Driscoll, you know, I I, I didn't shame Broncos country, but I kind of called out some of the victim blaming on Jeff Driscoll's behalf, and uh, he was getting all the blame and, and all this all this criticism. And when you behind that offensive line, you don't stand much of a chance. But Rippon is a much smarter quarterback. He knows how to get rid of the ball faster. He can see his receivers breaking wide open. Poor Pat Shermer, he goes from a super soaker in Drew Locke to a water pistol in Brett Rippon in terms of arm strength. But you, what you gain with that, though, is more accuracy smarter quarterback play if they can and again this is very tentative right now if they can scheme around his best assets and his strengths they can exploit this Jets defense I'm excited to see also another quarterback yet another Broncos starting quarterback maybe he's the one Chad maybe he's the one I think I I still believe that Drew Locke is going to be the guy and he's coming back and he's going to do his thing but this is a great opportunity in fact I think it was Bob Morris had an article immediately following the Bucks game saying, here's why Brett Rippon should start. And his argument basically came down to, look, the Broncos believe Drew's their guy, but they went out and paid erroneously. They were wrong. They went out and paid Jeff Driscoll to be the stopgap backup. And yet the year before, of course, Rippon went undrafted, but they gave him the highest uh, guarantee for a college free agent that I'm aware of in, in NFL history. And I could be wrong on that, but it's for sure in Broncos history. He had over a hundred grand guaranteed to him when he signed his CFA deal, because they saw some potential long-term backup, you know, uh, qualities in him. And so this is his chance, whether it's just week four, or if it ends up being week four and week five, this is his opportunity to show the brass. Hey, look, you don't need the Jeff Driscoll's of the world. You don't need the Blake Bortles of the world. I can be that guy to, back up Drew and, and be your stopgap in the event of disaster. Let's grab Jay Richie jumping in. Jay and Ariel, appreciate you too. Thank you guys. What up, fellas? Two questions. One, who will step up for a tattoo? And two, second, can we go three and oh? Rip has little of an arm, but seems to really get protection, really understand protection. So that kind of is a good segue, Zach, into the other two transactions that happened today. The Broncos signed I guess the better way to put it is promoted to the 53, Derek Tuska, the rush linebacker, the rookie seventh-round pick, and the running back, Levante Bellamy. They they promoted those guys to the active roster. And the difference, Zach, is that they're going to be able to elevate two guys to the game day roster, and I would expect that to be 
Deion Sizer, the defensive lineman, and probably Kevin Tolliver, the corner, just considering their injury history or injury situation, I mean. Um, but those two were promoted to the 53. They have, since they've been elevated twice from practice squad to 53, they if they get waived again, they would have to pass through waivers. So they just promoted them both to the 53. Yeah, Atatu's out for this game. Malik Reed really hasn't pressed that much, and he's been kind of a disappointment among others on this Broncos squad this year. Tuska, he has some juice. We all liked him coming out of college. We all thought he could be that sneaky late-round uh, guy who makes an impact. They have opportunity right now, though. That's the thing. There's no one opposite Bradley Chubb, and even Bradley Chubb is on 100%. So you have Jerry Atatu out, and aside from Malik Reed. That's your only path blocking you from significant snaps. So Tuska, another great opportunity for him. And Chicolo, I guess, as well, Chad. Two yeah. younger guys that can really make a long-term impact for Denver because they are hurting for outside pass rushers behind Miller and Bradley Chubb. So to answer the question, though, for Jay, is I think it's going to be Malik Reed and, and Chicolo is, is who the onus is going to fall on to kind of replace the tattoo in the lineup because he has yeah. been ruled out this week. And then as far as going 3-0, and it's very unlikely in the next three games that this team goes 3-0. and But if you focus on 1-0 and and just focus right. on winning one game at a time, you know, right. then it, you take it by the inch, it's a cinch. By the yard, it gets hard. All right, Christy, the queen of MHH, jumping in, showing her generosity. And uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And hopefully you know what you mean to MHH. She says, whatever happens, I really just need to see better coaching. We have a whole patchwork team right now. We can't expect anything. Uh, but that much thanks, my guys. Yeah. And much love to you again, Christy. Yeah. We need to see better wherewithal, better command, better, better coaching. I mean, special teams, another snafu last week. I mean, how can you expect to go into any game against Tom Brady where you give him his first possession on your own 10 yard line? And I get it that it was a long snappers act that blew that. And it was, a, and you know, that was execution, but it ultimately devolves onto, you know, when it becomes a pattern, you have to look at the coach. And in this case, that was Tom McMahon. And again, you didn't see some of the things from Shermer that you would have liked to have seen when you realized that Jeff Driscoll was not seeing the rush, you know, bring in tighter formations, bring in tight ends to help chip, do something to help mitigate that. And very rarely did we see that. So I, I do concur. These coaches need to do a better job, Zach, of singing for their supper. And I'm getting tired of McMahon's like, put it on me. You know, he's spelling T-O-M out as the guy who's culpable for the for the special team's downfall. And no, and no crap. I mean, you're the coach of the, of, the, of the unit. I mean, I'm tired of consistent letdowns on the third side of the ball. The Broncos needed to fire McMahon when they fired Scangarello. And this is what I'm talking about with lack of accountability. They didn't remove Wilkinson until he broke his leg. They're not going to remove McMahon despite block kicks and bad snaps and bad field position and bad returns. It's from leadership on down, not just coaching, but Fangio's leadership as the head coach, meaning not just defense, not just offense, not just specials, the entire team. If there was a clear-cut message that if you underperform player or coach, you will be gone, I guarantee you this team would have a little more fight, Chad. Yes, and I'm sure I agree with that 100%. It's just, you know, this, again, I don't like making excuses for these, co- these coaches, but it has just been a comedy of injuries. And I think in their own way, this isn't me making an excuse for them. In their own way, I think these coaches have been a little bit punch drunk. You know, uh, Brian jumping in and uh, very, very unique profile pick on YouTube, <laughs> looking like a boss himself. And then he's got his fo- football priest in the uh, background. It's the best awesome. show ever. 
<clears throat> much love to you, my friend. That's got to be up there for us. One of our favorite profile picks. Yes. He says, if we beat the Jets, do you guys know if any of our players are coming back for the Pats game? Love you guys. Go Broncos. Brian, we love you. Dog. That's the truth. All right, let's let's do some math. AJ Bouye injured week one. IR had to miss three weeks. So that's week two, week three, week four. So technically, if he's physically able, Bouye could come back week five. If Philip Lindsay, who is questionable, he remember last week he was he was doubtful. He's been upgraded this week to questionable. Doesn't mean he's gonna play. But I think you get him back regardless, even if he plays or if he doesn't play, for sure you're getting him in week five because you get that 10-day break in yeah. between games. Aside from that, I you know, there's a snowball's chance you might get Drew back, but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect yeah. that until week six. So those are the two guys I would kind of circle at this stage, Zach, is is Lindsay and Bouye. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think it's a little too premature. I know Fangio kind of opened the door for um lock to come back against the Patriots, but I think they'll take a more cautious approach. I think week six and definitely by week seven latest for a lot, he'll be back in the picture, but just getting Lindsay back in the, in the active roster chat for game day will give the opponent another player to scheme around. It'll help the Broncos offense, whether he's hundred percent or not. So they're slowly getting healthier. If they can just stay afloat, keep themselves on life support. They should be able to be okay. Shout out to MRM 5897 on Super chat. Really appreciate the support, my friend. means a lot to us, and we'll keep an eye out for any questions or topics you want to get to in the chat stream. And uh, he's shouting out Buona Beast. Appreciate that. Uh, Bradley Dunton jumping in. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Uh, appreciate you very much, my friend. And I know we now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure we are connected on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. But if not, just remind me and reach out. But uh, appreciate it. He says, hopefully Coach Fangio and Shermer will get much better as the season goes along. I thought they'd be much better, but Zach had warned us. <laughs> I take no pleasure out of that, you know, just like with Wilkinson. I take no pleasure out of saying that the longer you keep him in the lineup, the, the better chance of Loxon to get injured. And I just, it's unfortunate. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. It really is. It's glaring incompetency. It's glaring football 101 fundamental issues. All right, I've got one here real quick. I know we have a ton of, well, we'll get we'll, we'll grab KP and then I want to grab Mike on Facebook. KP in the house, longtime listener, longtime superstar. He's up there on the MHH Mount Rushmore. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, why deactivate Nick Vanette last week and not activate Albert O? Doesn't it appear to y'all that we need more red zone threats, especially with Sutton down? Yeah, the whole thing with Vanette was it was a special teams numbers game. Vanette doesn't play special teams. And just with the bodies that had gone down up to that point, the roster math dictated that the guys who were active that, you know, those last five to seven players that are active on game day, they have to be able to chip in on specials. And so Vanette was sat down. And even Fangio said earlier this week in between the Bucks game and where we are today that he was, you know, he hated having to sit Vanette down. But again, it was a numbers game, and he doesn't expect that to happen too often. But, you know, getting to the Albert O question here, Zach, <clears throat> yeah, the Broncos could use some bodies but for the red zone. But until he can command, master, I should say, or show a better, you know, command of, of blocking, the coaches yeah. just aren't going to play him because it's too much of a tell at this point to the opponent if he's on the field. He can run in a straight line really fast, but that's about all he can do at this point. And you don't play a player with a diminished skill set when you have someone like Jake Butt, to give him credit, who's a little more well-rounded of a tight end. And the thing about Albert O, again, Broncos fans were expecting this fan Albert O instant dynamic thousand-yard guy each season, and it wasn't ever in the cards. He was a developmental player, Albert O. He had to deal with some injuries, conditioning issues, the adjustment to the game. It takes a while for tight ends to come from college to the NFL and pick up the pace of the game and the speed of the game. 2021 and beyond, lock or not, Alberto will be a factor. But this is Fant's tight end group and Fant only. All right, let's grab Mike on Facebook. Appreciate the question, and thanks for being with us here tonight. What have they done to shore up the O-line? Zach the bench Wilkinson. That's number one. Yeah. I mean, Wilkinson, I'm always well, going to wonder if it was a injury like Joe Flacco, where <laughs> suddenly it's an injury and he's, he's on yeah, it's an injury. Um, well, I'll always wonder that, but nevertheless, Wilkinson is on injured reserve now and DeMar Dotson is going in at right tackle. Now I don't think fans should, you know, don't put him on a pedestal Dotson. He's not some all pro pro bowler. We've been pounding the table for him though because he's at, he's at least a competent, experienced, eight-year starting right tackle in the league. And I want to say it was Shermer who said on Monday that, you know, when he was, he was asked to talk about what Dotson's going to bring to the O-line, he's like, look, he's got 10,000 snaps in the league at right tackle. Takes 10,000 repetitions, they say, to become an expert or whatever in, in a specific field. So I don't expect the world on a platter from Dotson, but I think you're going to see – better uh, protection on the edge. And then on top of that, Zach, talk about shoring up the O-line, just having a more competent game manager under center in terms of what Brett Rippon can do pre-snap, you know, recognizing where the pressure is coming from, sliding the protection one way or another, pointing out the mic, going through all that pre-snap rigmarole that you kind of take for granted when you saw Peyton Manning doing it for all those years in Denver and Indy as well. You don't see it 
from Jeff Driscoll, and it led to massive catastrophe for this team. So those two components alone, I think, should give a little bit of a boost, talking about shoring up the O-line. Pounding the table. I broke the table, lit it on fire, Chad. I mean, watching Wilkinson snap in and snap out, seed pressure, and then you have a guy, when you lay it out like that, 10,000 career snaps at right tackle, and you're starting a guard who's coming off surgery. I will never understand what went through Fangio and Munchak's mind to reach that decision and be loyal to a guy who's literally getting your quarterback hurt. So even if Dotson is mediocre, I think it will go down as an all-time blunder and one of the reasons why the Broncos sank what could have been a playoff season. Dotson, he's not going to be worse than Elijah Wilkinson. You wouldn't be worse. I wouldn't be worse. He was literally that bad. There's no hyperbole. He was that bad. Fortunately, also for Dotson, he's stationed next to Glasgow, who, despite last week's game, he's been the Broncos' best lineman, not named Garrett Bowles, which is still crazy to say. So at least he has a guy next to him, Chad. That's solid. Yes. Spartan2492, jumping in on Super Chat. And I'm sorry to say that the chat has been so hot and heavy that that uh, it jumped your, we can't show your actual Super Chat card, but we're going to reverse engineer and put it on the screen. Thank you for your support, my friend. And uh, don't forget to reach out to Zach and I, connect with us on Twitter, because we like shouting out our superstars after each and every podcast. He says, what's up, Mile High Huddle? With fixing the O-line at right tackle with Dotson, what could we do next year to improve it more? Your thoughts? Well, Zach, next year you're getting Juwan James back. We'll see if he Maybe. ends up, you know, I mean, he's under contract, and unless there's another pandemic, I mean, you're getting him back. He's on he, he's on the salary cap for a significant chunk of change. So the Broncos, though, from a team-building perspective, they have to plan for him to be there, but also plan for a contingency better this time than they did in 2020 and 2019. Elijah Wilkinson cannot be your backup plan because DeMar Dotson's only signed for this season. So, Zach, my answer here is you're pro- if Bowles continues on the path that he's on, you get him re-signed, whether you extend him or franchise tag him, he's playing very well. He's not just playing okay, he's playing really good. And even that holding foul that he got char- – uh, you know, he drew the penalty in the Bucks game toward the end on that final drive with Rippon, that was an erroneous call. That was a legal block. That was just his reputation uh, basically getting him in trouble. Um, nevertheless, though – I think you got to get Bowles short up if he continues on this trajectory. And then you got to draft a tackle yes. first, second round. It's got to be a guy that could play right away if James ends up being, you know, wishy washy again. Here's what you can't do, and that's draft two receivers back to back in the first two rounds. Chad hit on it just now. You, you got to invest a premium pick that's no later, ideally, than the second, but no later than the third. You got to put a premium player at that spot because let's say Bowles, he doesn't do well the rest of the year. And let's say Juwan James, you know, opts out because of a, a hangnail next year. You're down two tackles. And regardless of who you're going to play at quarterback next year, you have to have tackles. So they got to start shoring up that that cabinet, Chad. they got to start stocking that cupboard because they left it bare for too long, and that's exactly why they're in the position they are now. So, yes, use a high-round pick on a left tackle or a right tackle, but get some youth and experience and talent in the building. Shout-out to Zeus McPeak himself. Um, I just saw another message come in someone's using some very bad language in our chat john is on that hopefully we get him 86 asap uh zeus mcpeak though love you my friend talk about mount rushmore here at mhh Stu's visage is the first one etched on mhh mount rushmore every single chat supporting us i mean 
it's been a year now, basically, since we've been doing these live podcasts. We've been doing the podcast a heck of a lot longer than that, but as a live product, live production, Zeus has been there every step of the way. And we just appreciate you and everything you mean to the community, my friend. Thank you so much, Stu. Hope you're uh, doing well in Texas as well. Yes. And uh, let me grab also Cody. Now, it cuts off his question. Cody, we can't show your chat because it actually jumped you. So I'm going to show this one and then I'll finish uh, reading it. Appreciate you as always, man. You're another one of our superstars that have just really come on strong of late. And we really appreciate you. He says the Broncos should run a hurry up offense, kind of like Buffalo in those Super Bowl years, the run and shoot. It's good with a smart quarterback and could help the O-line and tire out the blitzing. Let me make sure the blitzing teams. Yes. So with regard to blitzing, you know, this is two weeks in a row that opponents have blitzed on more than 60% of the passing uh, snaps. And it also, you know, this was something Nick Kendall talked about last night. It also has an effect, obviously, on your running game. If they're blitzing on running downs as well, you know, it just makes it all the more difficult to open up a hole and, and get a ground game established. So until the Broncos can find a way to make opponents pay for selling out to blitz, I'm a little bit more optimistic, Zach, that Rippon is a guy that can do that. But to Cody's point, you know, yes, tempo, you know, use some tempo. Right. I think that's something that basically what we've seen from Shermer up to this point is he's reserved that for the um, two and four minute offense situations. He, you need to run tempo hit, you know, hit and miss, mix it up during the game to try and not only get your quarterback and your offense in a rhythm, but keep that opponent a little bit on its heels as well. That's something I never understood as a football observer. Why teams wait until they're down or wait until the fourth quarter to start picking up the pace. I I have never conceived that in my mind. The Broncos, I don't know about a predominant hurry-up offense, but Chad, definitely tempo. Hurry-up plays. Huddle the pace. You know, I can't even talk. Hurry the pace more and more, I'm trying to say. Don't, don't, Don't go huddling. Shotgun, quick passes, quick snaps, gets your quarterback protected, moves the ball, sets up the running game. I know I messed up that question, but you guys see where I'm coming from. <laughs> All right, John, let's get that uh, super chat from Kenneth if you have it. Um, if not, I can put it on screen here. But it I don't know who is using this language in our chat. Trolls abound. They exist. I know occasionally we'll get Chiefs people in here trying to troll the audience. But obviously, anyone. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and put this on. Um, okay, it got pushed. Hold on. Let me let me grab it and put it on the screen here from Kenneth, letting us know. And sometimes, guys, when Zach and I are rolling and we're doing our thing, we don't always see every comment as it comes in in real time. We scroll down as as our conversation flows, so we don't see it. But anybody using language, racist language, get out of here. John will keep an eye out for that. Block those fools. That is absolutely not something that we are going to put up with here. And so thanks for bringing it to our attention, Kenneth. And I know John is on that. Uh, Let me confirm. Yeah. All right. Yes. So we can ban anyone, especially on YouTube and Facebook. If we see that, we can ban them. So uh, thanks for the heads up and making sure we saw that, my friend. Um, Dennis Woods jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Consistent as the day is long. Rocking the MHH dad hat. Love you, buddy. He says, I'd take it easy on Shermer, trying to implement a new system with a shortened offseason, no preseason, and youngsters on offense. Whole different story if he had a regular offseason. Be patient. Zach, I know you you don't want to make excuses for Shermer. I'm a lot more inclined to agree with Dennis in terms of being a little bit more patient with him. But it's like Christy talked about earlier. 
let's see you coach more like a in a situational sense, like react better in real time. You don't have to wait till the second half necessarily. If you're seeing a an opponent sell out and blitz through the A gap and blitz off the edge down after down, why would you wait till the second half to try and adjust to that? You can start calling uh you know sets where you you can close in the formation, you can put tight ends and running backs to help chip. We're seeing that kind of thing be a little too slow uh, coming out in the wash. I obviously acknowledge the fact there's been injuries, but the Broncos aren't the only team that's had a, a weird offseason. Every team was on a level playing field. I mean, he's not the only coach who had to adjust. And what's the excuse when you have a, a team like the Niners who are arguably more injured than the Broncos? They are blowing out their opponents by by crazy margins. So I say it all comes down to coaching. I, I realize losing your quarterback and your receiver and your running back, that's tough, but it doesn't excuse when you're in the game. And he still had lock in the Titans game. He was mostly healthy except for Sutton in that Titans game, and you call a fourth and one shovel or you call a third and fourth and two run. I don't want to keep repeating myself, but injuries don't excuse that. A weird offseason doesn't excuse that. Nothing does but bad coaching in that moment. That's what I want to see more out of Shermer going forward. Well said. All right, let me see here. Kenneth says his uh, – I still can't show it on the screen because then we'll get the content blocks here from YouTube and, and Facebook, but we will check out – that share on MHH Twitter. Appreciate it, my friend. All right, Jess, uh, <clears throat> Jess CL13 Sports, much love to you, my dog. You've really Thank become you. consistent as well. It all it all adds up and it all helps what we're doing here, and it provides this content for everybody else as well. So thank you, Jess. He says, much love, guys. Getting the W tomorrow. Go Broncos. Zach, I predicted a win in the Mile High Roundtable. Me too. I know you did as well. How are you feeling? Let's talk a little bit about that because when we sign off tonight, of course, the next time our audience is going to hear from us is at halftime and then followed by the gut reaction immediately following tomorrow night's game. Kind of talk a little bit about what you expect to see and and what you said in the Mile High Roundtable. It's not going to be pretty. And what I said in the Roundtable, you know, that's the last time last week I, I trust my heart over my brain when it comes to the Broncos. I really did feel an upset in my gut. It didn't happen that way. It was the complete antithesis to that. But anyone with a brain this week can see the Broncos, despite the injuries, despite being on the road, it being a short week, new quarterback, on paper, player to player, position to position, the Broncos still have more talent than the Jets. And it doesn't take much to outcoach Adam Gase, who is coaching for his job. He is awful. So if the Broncos had any fortitude, any fight, any pride, they will come out and win this game. It's not going to be pretty. This is not going to be a master class in, in, in NFL, you know, offense. It's going to be it's going to be sloppy, probably defensive oriented. I just think the Broncos, their running game is better, their defense is better, and if Fangio and Shermer can coach up to their abilities, they're better than what the Jets can offer. So I predict a Broncos victory confidently. Yeah. I do as well. I think the Broncos are going to come out on top. And I think everyone's going to get a little bit of a lift. And I hope, you know, who knows? Maybe we're both wrong. And this is, we've completely miscalculated and are completely out of touch with how bad this team is. But I think this is the get right game for Denver. And maybe it doesn't totally turn the ship around because you need your quarterback, the real quarterback back. Uh, but I do, I'm, I do expect this team to win tomorrow night. Uh, Mr. Boggins jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. He says, can't wait to throw a wrench at my TV screen during the QB carousel graphic during Thursday night football. You know what's coming. Isn't it, Zach, the 10th quarterback since Peyton retired? Doesn't Rippon mark the 10th starting quarter, the 10th quarterback to start in a Broncos uniform? 
I believe, yeah, I had it on Twitter. It's just the list gets longer and longer. We're one step away from becoming the Browns, having just jerseys full of names. It's it's, it's kind of sad. All right, Bison M jumping in again. Also, uh, wasn't it Bison who said he knew Mr. Boggins? I think so. But anyway, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. If we lose, but Brett plays well, does he start in week five? Yes, because I don't think Drew's back by then. Well, I think there's a good if, – if they lose and he plays well, I think there's – the coaches will talk themselves into just playing him. But there is the other option by that point. You got, you've got Bortles. you got Blake Bortles. So that's a good question. But I, I still think – obviously they signed Bortles for a reason, but he hasn't been in the scheme all year like Rippon has. And for all those lost OTA reps in the lost preseason – what you can at least count on is, hey, man, he was in all those Zoom meetings during OTAs. He was he got the reps at training camp. He's been in all the meetings from the time Shermer got here. And so I think it'd be hard for the coaches to talk themselves out of that if he indeed does play well, despite it being a loss. I'm just waiting for the reason as to why Bortles was signed. I mean, if Rippon plays well, he can carry the Broncos for one or two more games and then Locke's coming back. So they might not even need Blake Bortles at all. I I would expect one way or the other. I just don't see the Broncos rushing back their potential franchise quarterback from a shoulder injury, a throwing shoulder injury, without him being completely, fully, 100% healthy. I think if as long as Rippon doesn't fall on his face this week, Chad, he will draw the Week 5 start. Agreed. Kathy says, I called 976 Tuska and Chad phone ring. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I manage that, that hotline for Derek. Uh, Gustavo Lopez jumping Ooh, in on Super Chat. I like Thank this you, comment a lot. I still think we could use a Nigel Bradham and Snacks Harrison. Yes. And Zach, you know what? They still have some, uh, they still have plenty of cap space. Now, we don't know the exact PL situation for the Denver Broncos. We don't know their exact accounting situation, how much cash they have on hand and all that. But the cap space shows they still got plenty of room if they wanted to make a few more deals. You know, Bradham should take like a one-year vet minimum type deal, but it might be Snacks is holding out for a multi-year. I mean, he has a, an all-pro on his resume. He's a great run stuffer, one of the better players on the open market. They signed Jernigan. They're not going to probably sign uh, Snacks Harrison. They like some of their other linebackers. They're not going to really go for Bradham, it seems like, even though Barron was injured, Calitro's injured, the two guys they traded for or acquired are injured now. If they wanted Bradham, they would have signed him. I would have loved that move personally, but... That ship is passed. All right, let's grab this one here from Not Allowed here. A newer guy to the Super Chat, but uh, we appreciate you, my friend. And if you're Thank on you. Twitter, reach out, connect with us. It says, hi, guys. I don't have a question. Just wanted to show some support for what you guys do. Thanks. Thank hey, you. man, that means a lot to us. It really does. It uh, means everything to us. So thanks, my friend. John, do you have – we're running out of time here, and we have a few superstars still backed up. I need Jay, second question, Levi – Mr. Castillo, I, I basically need every remaining superstar because the, the chat jumped on me and I have none in my section right now. So starting with Jay Ritchie and Levi, if you have them, appreciate you, Jay and Ariel. One more, fellas. With the quick decisions of Rippon, who is the beneficiary this week? Is it Fan? Is it Judy? Or do we employ a big screen game? That's a really good question, and I'm not sure I have an answer for you because Zach, in those eight-for-eight eight throws that he got off to, you know, in that one possession, he completed passes to six different receivers. Honestly, I think the name that you're missing here is he seemed to kind of have, though, an eye for Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick was targeted on a couple of those. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see. But obviously, if if you want to win the game, you want to get the ball to your playmakers. And I view Tim as being just this side of, of being a Jack, just a little bit more than being a Jack. I like him a lot. Don't get me wrong. 
comes from my alma mater and all that. But I think you got to feed no offense and you got to start trying to get Judy some, you know, he didn't have any of those face palm moments last week, but he hasn't quite been able to break out yet. Have we seen one screen pass, though, to a running back this year? I can't recall off the top of my head one screen. And I was begging for it with Melvin Gordon instead of those those third and fourth and twos. But I digress on that. What is traditionally a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, safety blanket? That's a tight end. And Noah Fant right now is the best offensive player on the Broncos. I think Rippon will lock into him. I think they will get Hamler involved a lot more. Um, end arounds, reverses, trick plays, quick screens, quick hitters over the middle, anything to get his speed involved in the game. I think Fant, Hamler, and Melvin Gordon will be the biggest beneficiaries tomorrow night. All right, Levi Hope jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Levi. Man, you've been coming off the top rope day in and day out now for a couple of weeks, so really appreciate you my brother. And uh, it's been great having you in the community. This was a guy, Levi, who went from being a daily consistent listener on the, on the podcast, uh, on the RSS, like Apple podcast or Stitcher, iHeartRadio, listening to it on demand. And then he finally got a chance to come into a live uh, stream and he's been in every single stream since and much appreciated to you, my friend. Um, And it just means a lot to us, doc. Mr. Castillo jumping in as well. Appreciate you. My brother, if you are on Twitter, reach out and connect with us. He says, Manning won a Super Bowl with a subpar O-line because he was able to identify defenses and help the linemen on their assignments. The QB's intelligence is a factor. Thanks, fellas. Great point. Again, it was easy to take some of those machinations that you got from Peyton Manning pre-snap for granted because, you know, that's just human nature. You you tend to take things for granted. But you saw last week, you saw the last – seven quarters basically of Broncos football when it is absent and you're not seeing it at all, man, you feel it. It comes out in the wash in a big, bad way. It's like salt. It's like the absence of salt is worse than too much salt. You know, it's one of those kind of things, but it's Peyton Manning. It's, he's in his own category. You can't expect any other quarterback past or present or future to be Peyton Manning. Intelligence does help, but having an O-line, a good O-line never hurt anyone either though, Chad. Amen. Drew jumping back in. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, Drew. The fact that it took injury, in quotations he has, to bench Wilkinson is sad. Dotson can't possibly be worse. He's been an NFL starter for years. I agree with you that he can't be worse. And I just want fans to just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on expecting too much. We've been pining for it. We've been pounding the table, as Zach said. We broke through the table, right? We got splinters in our palms. From <laughs> but nevertheless, don't put him too high on a pedestal, a pedestal because – you know, there's going to be his first game. I do expect him, like Drew said, it can't be any worse, but I do expect him to have a palpable effect on the O-line in a good way. But I still expect him, you know, show a little bit of rust as well. He's had not a lot of snaps, let's face it, not a lot of reps, I should say, uh, in the last three, four months. Just wild to me that it took Wilkinson breaking his leg to be replaced. Not his bad play, a leg injury for him to be replaced after having off-season lower body surgery. Dotson won't be worse. Literally, a traffic cone couldn't be worse than Elijah Wilkinson. Dotson was a consistent starter in Tampa Bay. I think he'll be good for this offense. And the game plan will be in his favor. Quick hitting passes, a lot of running. He won't be isolated one-on-one. And this Jets defense is not the Titans defense. It's not the Steelers defense. It's not the Bucks defense. So that should help Dotson as well. Um, John, do you have Orange Crush 7 in the house? If not, I can grab it. We need Orange Crush and we need Ron Dub. Orange Crush 7, 
thank you for the super chat super support, my friend. And another name I don't recognize on super chat. So welcome and thank you. We really appreciate you. And make sure you reach out and connect with us on Twitter. He says, love Zach rocking the D logo, talking about his hat for those you know, listening after the fact. The best logo uniform ever. Never should have changed, but I digress. Agreed. So we beat the Jets, but Locke still can't go week five. Does Rippin or Bortles start? You guys are awesome. Thanks for all you do. Appreciate you, my friend. Yeah, if the Broncos beat the the Jets, oh, it's, it's Rippin. Yeah. You don't you don't move off that. And as we talked about in a previous super there, you know, if, even if they lose, but Rippin plays well, I still think the Broncos end up just saying, eh, let's roll with them again. Because what do you really expect from Bortles? And what do you expect from Bortles, for that matter, trying to lead an 0-4 team to beat Belichick Ooh. at Foxborough? Ooh. I know it's the, no fans and whatnot, but still, that's a tall task, Zach. I don't think the Broncos ever wanted to play Blake Bortles. I think he was literally just an emergency option. And because it'd be like playing this decade's Mark Sanchez. You don't want to risk that type of comedy to your to your offense and he wouldn't bring anything more to the table than a Rippin or a Driscoll he really is a wash quarterback but again unless Rippin literally just implodes tomorrow night against the Jets he is your starter for week five appreciate that all right here's Ron Dub jumping in bona fide superstar yeah. longtime listener always you, brings the great questions and observations thank you Ron he says hey guys besides Locke who will have the most positive impact <clears throat> once back from injury do you also believe that Justin Simmons will turn it around on his own or will he need help from a robust D-line or an A.J. Bouye return? Great question. So my answer, you named him there, for who will have the most positive impact besides Luck, I think it's going to be A.J. Bouye because Bryce Callahan has had to be the number one and he's just not a number one and he's held his own. You know, he hasn't been the problem. And even Ojemudia, you know, I wasn't too impressed with him in week three, but he was certainly a lot better than he was the two previous games. And then, of course, you got a song bossy rocking the nickel. You inject Bouye back into that, <clears throat> and I think Zach, it's going to be a night and day difference. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Just to change things up, though, I'm going to say Philip Lindsay. I mean, this is a guy who could be your RB one, your one A, you know, in front of Melvin Gordon. We all, we both predicted Chad and I just a a game breaking year for Philip Lindsay. Might not be a thousand yard year, a Pro Bowl year, a lot of game breaking plays and touchdowns. I think when he comes back healthy and they can maybe stabilize the quarterback, they stabilize right tackle now. I think Lindsay could have a big second half of this season, Chad. Yeah, and just the emotional spark he brings, the, being that firebrand on the field, yes. John with the opponent, firing up the guys in the huddle. I mean, that'll have an effect. I just don't know if he's going to be back this this week. Questionable. I think there's a better argument for sitting him one more game than there is to play him, unless he's perfectly healthy. I mean, if he's back and he doesn't feel any uh, limitations with that turf toe, okay, then play him. But otherwise, let him benefit from that additional 10-day gap between week four and week five. You can be the judge without him. Yeah, yeah, I think it – I mean, yeah, exactly. If it was just Royce back there and Levante Bellamy, push the envelope maybe. Yeah. But you do have Melvin Gordon who has definitely uh, been impressive up to this point. And last week you only got whatever it was, eight carries. That's another yeah. onus uh, on Pat Shurmur, man. you got to feed that guy a lot more than – I mean, you're paying him $8 million this year. Let's go. And then his question or his point here is, Zach, about Simmons. I do think Simmons will turn it around. I really do. I think, again, his his shortcomings up to this point has been more of a symptom of just overall as a team being punched in the mouth and kind of being punched drunk. I expect him to turn it around, but I don't necessarily in the same breath. I'm not predicting another all-pro repeat. I just think you're not going to see him being the problem as often as you have through these first three weeks. 
you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seems like I'm watching a guy who's kind of disgruntled and disenfranchised and disenchanted from his contract situation. I think if he would have gotten paid, he would have been playing better. It's just an assumption on my part. We get, we'll never know the truth, but he just doesn't seem to have that same fire. I think not landing that multi-year deal and having to settle for the franchise tag took a lot of wind from his Broncos sales. So he he's still going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player, but will, will he be better than last year? I don't know about that. There's just something that's off about his game right now. He's not a willing tackler. He's not making plays minus the interception. There's just something off about Justin Simmons this season. Okay, the time has come as we wind it up for today to announce the winner of our giveaway. And I'm going to, John put his name in the random generator here, um, this this engine we found on the internet. We put, he put all the names in, and here's your winner. Kenneth Booker gets a T-shirt. Well-deserved. My friend. Oh, that's the wrong one. This is the one I meant to show. Congratulations, Kenneth Booker. So, Kenneth, here's what you do, my friend. Uh, just shoot me an email or a DM on Twitter. We are connected on Twitter. So um, shoot me an email or a DM with your physical address, and we will get this T-shirt out to you. Let us know if an XL is not going to work for you, though, okay? Otherwise, we'll get that out to you post-haste. And appreciate your support, as always, and congratulations on winning a little swag, my friend. Very well-deserved, Kenneth. You are one of the most intelligent and intuitive commenters that we have in our in our pod four nights a week, and you're definitely – I hope you like the shirt. Indeed. All right, guys. <clears throat> Zach and I got to get out of here for tonight. Uh, in the meantime, though, make sure you reach out and connect with these two accounts on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, follow, at HuddleUpPod, at MileHighHuddle. And whatever you do, make sure you're following my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen, and then the producer, Buana Beast. You guys know him. You love him. On Twitter, though, you find him at John K. That's K-A-Y-M-H-H, at John K-M-H-H. And then where we go from here, guys, I want to remind you, head on over to milehighhuddle.com, create a free account, register, and start commenting because we're going to keep an eye out for the comments and the, and the engagement on milehighhuddle.com. And then Sunday, we're going to announce a, a winner of some more swag giveaway. And we're going to do that comment of the week basically every single week moving forward. So start helping us keep the conversation going there. And then another thing, tomorrow when the game goes live, in fact, it'll go up probably about an hour before the game kicks, is our open thread that we've been doing for years. Ever since MHH uh, was started way back in 2014, we started the live game day open thread. It's a live blog. I blog what's going on. Meanwhile, all of us here at MHH are in the comments talking about what we're seeing, engaging with you and the fans and, and the readers and the listeners and whatnot. It is a gas. I think there was, I don't know, a few hundred comments last week. It's really active. And that's another example of where we want to see you guys during the game. That's where we'd love to see you. At halftime, you'll see Zach and I doing a quick instant reaction uh, episode here of a live stream. And then, of course, we'll be coming to you live immediately following the game with the gut reaction. But Come join us on the live open thread and I'll shoot you a reminder on YouTube and Facebook. We'll do a share, try and remind you of that, but keep an eye out for that. So also uh, last thing here, uh, mile high salute to our super chat superstars and our, our Facebook supporters. We love you guys. Seriously. You mean everything to us. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night, Zach. We both predicted a Broncos win and you know, go, go Brett rip and let her rip as they say. And we'll see what happens. It might not be pretty by the time we get on here at halftime, but I think by the fourth quarter when the final gun sounds, we'll see our first Broncos win, Chad. So I'm excited.
Pride is on the line, boys and girls. I mean, you cannot lose to an 0-3 Jets team, even on the road. So this is God. where <laughs> God help have, Fangio. Exactly. This is do the wheels officially fall off the bus? Does this little spark smoldering at the bottom of the dumpster ignite and turn into a full-blown conflagration, a full-blown dumpster fire? We'll know. Maybe not by this time tomorrow night, but we'll know tomorrow night. And we're predicting no, we're we're predicting a win. But we better on the floor. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Zach, have a good night, brother. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. For Zach Kelberman, for John Cronenberg, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.